okay, now what? That was the looming question for the blueberry industry at the conclusion of the U.S. International Trade Commission's 201 investigation back in February. So it was in March that then NABC Chair Ken Patterson announced the formation of the United Blueberry Task Force to bring the industry together and facilitate a much-needed conversation to address that question. We all just came together as an industry, which we needed to do to help say, hey, we have to continue to drive demand and consumption for blueberries, and we have to do it together. Today, we talked to an industry leader about his experience contributing to the new United Blueberry Task Force and how it represents a wide range of industry stakeholders to ensure the continued growth and success of the blueberry industry. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Blueberries have certainly experienced tremendous market success in recent decades, and naturally that success and growing demand has come with more and more year-round supply. The road ahead for blueberries will be a positive one, but it'll take an ever greater strategic effort than it did in the past for demand to continue to outpace that supply. To address these concerns and to inspire possibilities for the future of blueberries, the United Blueberry Task Force was established this past March by North American Blueberry Council Chair Ken Patterson. This was to facilitate a cross-industry solution-focused conversations regarding current and future issues and those opportunities that impact the blueberry industry. On today's episode, I'm joined by Joe Barcy, president of California Giant Berry Farms, who has been one of several industry leaders who have come to this table to support the formation of this task force. Joe, thanks so much for joining me on the business of blueberries. Hey, thank you, Casey. It's great to be on. And uh, I listen to your podcast weekly, and it's been great for the industry. You're right up there with Joe Rogan and some of the other podcasts I listen to. So I appreciate it. That is a stretch too far, but I I really do appreciate that you're listening to our podcast, recognizing that we haven't been invited to exclusively produce on Spotify yet. And I think if I understand Joe's deal, it's like a hundred million to go exclusive on Spotify. So no, we're not quite there yet, but we do appreciate you joining the show and to you and all of our listeners for making this show the success it is for our industry. But I'm looking forward to sharing more about how you and others of our North American Blueberry Council have helped shape this United Blueberry Task Force that I was just talking about and why that task force efforts are critical to the industry. But before we do, I think our audience would love to learn a little bit more about Joe. And maybe you could just spend a little time talking about your background in this business, because I know you've had quite the tenure in the blueberry deal and the other parts of the berry patch and an overview of Cal Giant. Yeah, definitely. I've uh, I was born and raised in Watsonville, of course, and you know I started work for California Giant Berry Farms in the early 2000s. We're a 40 year old family owned company that grows, packs, and ships fresh strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. Our mission as a company is to deliver the best quality berries and give back to our communities, and we tend to do that quite a bit. Uh, 
this past week we had a skirt steak barbecue where we we sold about a thousand skirt steak lunches to the community here and raised money for the different uh, philanthropies we give back to. It's just due to the pandemic, you can't do as many things together. And when we do these fundraising events as a company, there's some new employees here at the company and they don't really get to, to feel the culture of the company until we actually do something and give back to the community and work together to do that. So I think that's what's kind of unique about California Giant. But regardless, on the business standpoint, you know, 85% of our business is retail, 15% is food service. We're one of the largest, I guess, all four berry companies in North America. And uh, we've been around for 40 years, like I said, family owned. There's two owners of the company. So we're pretty nimble as it relates to, you know, we don't make fast decisions, but uh, there's not just a lot of layers and bureaucracy here. And the leaders of the company, the owners of the company have developed this culture of you know, giving back to the community and, and delivering high quality berries. What's the breakdown of the berry patch for Cal Giant? Like what parts, blueberries versus strawberries? Yeah, I would say we would mirror any major retailer, right? You know, the majority of our, our business is strawberries and goes to, to blueberries and then raspberries and blackberries. So like I said, the lion's share of strawberries, you know, second would be blueberries and then, you know, continuing to grow our raspberry and blackberry business. But, uh, we still have a ways to go. I would say we're one of the top strawberry companies in North America in terms of volume. Blueberry-wise, obviously, you know, it's more fragmented. So we still have a ways to go and a lot of white space, like I like to call it, in terms of, you know, market share to capture, which is just kind of exciting about the blueberry industry in general. We've been dabbling in blueberries since 2005. And um, throughout that growth, we've grown quite a bit on the blueberry segment and that category. But there's still just a lot of upside for a cow giant, there's just a lot of upside, you know, in the industry, I think, to continue to grow consumption and demand. Well, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that future for blueberries from your perspective. And I guess from the industry perspective, because we're going to dig into, you know, why the task force is moving forward with what it's focused on. But what stands out to you as that white space specifically? What are those important factors that you see for continued success? Well, I like to compare it. You know, you asked me how we break down our business by category or by berry. And you just look at the average U.S. consumer consumes about less than two pounds of blueberries per year compared to strawberries where it's, you know, it's up to seven pounds per year. So I just think, you know, that five pound difference, of course, is significant. You know, consumption of blueberries is up 300% since 2005. I think there's still a lot of opportunity there you know, will it ever catch strawberries in terms of consumption per pound? I, I think that's the mission of the USHBC and the NABC, of course. You know, I think the strawberry industry is more mature. If you look at the, the strawberry consumer and, and the blueberry consumer, it's, it's pretty much the same consumer, very similar in terms of demographics, in terms of, you know, income, in terms of education level. So I don't necessarily see the price per pound going down that drastically on blueberries to, to help increase consumption because it's relatively cheap food, right? And it's good for you compared to other categories at the grocery store. I just think that what we're seeing in some of the studies that you guys recently did with Kroger and what we see in some other retail category data that we managed for some other retailers is, is the opportunity and pack size. And, and we're still seeing a maturity on strawberries, you know, more two pounders than one pound clamshells being sold. And uh, we're definitely seeing that as an opportunity in blueberries at retail 
through some of the studies that, that you guys recently commissioned, right? Shifted from pints to 18 ounce or from 18 ounce to two pounders to, to 32 ounce, whatever it may be. There's just still a lot of upside there. I don't think you really have to lower your price per pound too much to really continue to drive that demand at retail. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you said that because that's certainly the consensus that we're seeing in the tweaks that the industry could move You know, up on that price per capita or the pounds per capita while at the same time keeping that value high. And so I'm encouraged by those same results as well in terms of where we see those opportunities to just continue to provide that thought leadership and and communication of where we see those opportunities for retailers, obviously for our marketers to understand that. And we're doing this on behalf of working with growers who are obviously wanting to make sure that they get the most amount of return on what dollars these are sold for. So I think that kind of leads us now into why you and I have worked with this task force so closely together over the summer months. You know, maybe you can talk a little bit about what drew you to the table at NABC for this United Blueberry Task Force to address some of the things that kind of helped us move past the 201 investigation and focus on that future opportunity that we're talking about here. Yeah. So I think, you know, just to rewind, and, and I think all the listeners that are listening to this podcast know that there was a Section 201 investigation on blueberries. And, starting in 2019, I guess, into 2020. And, you know, from that, you know, whether there was injury or not, we had to do something for the domestic industry as a whole, right? Because we just talked about that earlier in the segment. The consumption per pound is is lower than strawberries. You know, yes, it's growing, but the production of blueberries is growing incrementally. And so we have to keep up with the demand. So I think it just made sense for the industry to come together after the investigation as a group, and I'm talking to everybody, you know, on both sides of the aisle to come together as a group to say, hey, there are some issues in the industry that we need to solve because we have a lot of production in the future and we need to help continue to drive demand for this category. So I think that's kind of where it came from. It's a team effort, right? And so, you know, I appreciate you having me on the podcast and, you know, yeah, I kind of was instrumental in trying to help drive this United Blueberry Task Force together. But, you know, it, it's a team effort and there's a lot of leaders, you know, Soren from Driscoll's and I would say Tom Avenel's from AC Foods and, you know, Juan Ignacio from Hortifruit, Nicholas Muller from Hortifruit and, and many others, right? You know, Ken Patterson and Brittany Lee. And we all just came together as an industry, which we needed to do to help say, hey, you know, we have to continue to drive demand and consumption for blueberries. Through this whole process, there there is no winners and losers. And so that's where I was kind of like, hey, growers are the most important part of our business at California Giant. And that comes from the leaders down. I mean, without high quality growers, we don't really have much of a business. We always, you know, focus, you know, maximize the return to the grower and taking care of the growers. That's our culture here. And so I think, you know, post-investigation, it just made sense to reach out to the people on the other side of the aisle just to talk through some things, right? I mean, I think there was a lot of misconceptions about both groups and just to be able to sit down at the table together and just figure out like, hey, you know, we're in this together. We have this, you know, rising production coming to North America, mainly from U.S. production as well as imports. And we have to kind of come together as a group to help drive this thing, uh, drive consumption and drive demand. And so it doesn't make sense for us to be fragmented by state or by country. It helps us to, to work together like some of the other you know, industries that we've seen. You know, Maybe avocados might be an example, come together and help continue to drive this thing. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, it was encouraging for me just listening, you know, from both hats I wear as NABC and USHB to see, you know, where some of that breakdown was. You know, I did like the recognition that I think uh, Daniel Bustamante put in that task force meeting, that very first conversation where he was basically making that point about what was being discussed and that if you want more, you got to do more. And he likened blueberries to his experience in the avocado industry. And he made the good point in that meeting of just saying, look, you know, they do more with more. You know, the things you want to do more in is because they're at $50 a ton. And the things that, you know, we're doing are at an $18 a ton. And again, you know, it's important to point out that that conversation got started by making that point. But I think you guys all knew that the USHBC is not in any sort of way talking about increasing the assessments. And so, you know, if, if we're not going to touch increasing the assessment, how do you do more with more? And, and maybe you can jump into what essentially you've been helping lead in conversation with a number of your colleagues. I mean, fortunately, um, we had people involved, like you said, like Daniel Bustamante, Jose Antonio Gomez, people that work for companies that have experience in avocados and other categories. And, and oh, by the way, you know, if you look at the PMA Fresh Trends, avocados, you know, 31% of consumers have only purchased avocados in the last year. So blueberries at 34%. I know they're spending more money, but uh, but that growth is, is significant. And I think the leaders from those companies, they saw how it worked in avocados, you know, by increasing funding to help drive demand has helped grow that category. They saw how to do it. They knew how to do it. You know, they were just a good reference and the leaders that were involved to help kind of, I guess, move the ball forward, so to speak, to help continue to to get this thing accomplished. And what we decided to do, I guess, as an industry, we decided that, you know, we would voluntarily contribute another $18 a ton on imported blueberries. And I want to kind of dig into, you know, some of your perspectives on those things and where we stand now and where we need to go in order to involve more folks. But before we do, let's take a quick break here for our crop report. We're getting later in the season, but there is still a blueberry harvest underway here in parts of North America and now reports coming in from Peru. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Doug Kramer in Oregon, Jason Smith in British Columbia, Rex Schultz in Michigan, and Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on September 8th, 2021. Okay, this is Doug Kramer reporting for Oregon. We do not have a lot of fruit left here in Oregon that we're harvesting. Uh, this will be the last week of harvest for last call. So after this week, we're down just to rabbit eyes, and that's uh, overtime and o'clockany. Uh, we continue to have dry weather, no rains to speak of yet. So... Quality has remained good, diseases may remain low, and labor, if you can find it, is scarce. That's about where we're at at this point in time, right at the tail end of the season. Uh, this is Jason Smith reporting for British Columbia. Um, fruit quality remains good. Things are slowly winding down as well. A lot of the Elliot's been picked uh, at least once, if not twice or more. And Aurora first pick is coming to a close. A lot of guys have finished their first pick of Aurora. And some may be looking at uh, second pick sometime soon here. 
and disease and pest pressure has remained uh, remained okay. And that's my report for this week. This is Rex Schultz from Michigan with our weekly crop report. And pretty much in the south, we have wrapped things up in our southern counties. And uh, there just might be a couple of growers out there just cleaning up, but nothing of any volume. It had all go into process. All the hand picking is is pretty much done throughout the state. Uh, northern counties are finishing up everything with their machine harvesting. Uh, looks like they'll be done this week. Uh, the weather's been great, and of course we don't have enough fruit. So another good year, not a great year for Michigan, but uh, a good year, good season. We're pretty much wrapped up here in Michigan, just like they are in the Pacific Northwest. And that's our report for this season. So up until week 35, uh, Peru has shipped a total of 87.8 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this volume, uh, 52% has been shipped to the U.S. Uh, during week 35, which is the week that Peru has shipped the most fruit up until this point of the season, a total uh, of 50 million pounds were shipped during this week. 54% of this volume uh, was shipped to the U.S. This fruit should be arriving in the U.S. during the last week of September. Uh, our latest forecast for the season is we're expecting to grow by 36%. Uh, during this season in volume. And regarding the different destinations, we are expecting to grow by 36% in our shipments to the US. So that's the, the crop report from Peru. Well, I want to sincerely thank all the growers who took the time during these summer months, their busiest months of the year, to provide these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've made a snapshot view of the USDA data on production and price, an online resource for everyone to access easily and quickly. So make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. But let's get back to our conversation here with Joe Barsi. Joe, as part of the task force, you know, kind of a subgroup of you got together to develop this MOU that we're talking about now. But maybe you could give some insights on those conversations. Like, you know, what was it that you discussed that eventually led to the formation of this MOU and, and what was the agreement among you that made this thing come to fruition like it did? Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, there was a group of industry stakeholders that basically knew that we needed to do something for the industry. We saw that uh, the model in the avocado industry was $50 a ton. And the current assessment was $18 a ton on all producers, domestic and imports. So we felt that we should, as an industry, assess imports and another $18 a ton voluntary to get us to that $36 a ton, so to speak, to help contribute towards the, the three initiatives that we had. So that's kind of how we got to that. And obviously, like I said, we had good leadership that had experience in that category already. And we kind of had that $18 a ton additional voluntary assessment targeted. So, Joe, there may be a listener or two out there that's saying, this sounds great for Joe and Cal Giant and companies like them, but what about growers? You know, as you look at it, you're a company that represents these growers. So, so how are you answering that question as Cal Giant, as a domestic producer and as a importer? What do you say to people who are asking you about this task force work, this MOU and this increasing funding? Yeah, I mean, I think the key points here is if we want to drive demand and consumption, we have to kind of spend some money to help do that. And that takes marketing. So I think if I had my grower hat on and I was speaking to a, 
a group of growers, you know, I would kind of explain the avocado situation, kind of what the assessments are on avocados, how they've done a good job positioning avocados and growing the category. And that blueberries obviously is, is a healthy category, but there's still just a lot of opportunity to continue to grow demand for blueberries. But with that, we have to invest money in, in doing that through some of the, the digital campaigns, the marketing campaigns, and of course, the data and data management, which helps a marketer like California Giant make smarter decisions for, for the growers as it relates to moving the supply that we're marketing. When we have more data at our fingertips to be able to help make smarter decisions with marketing the fruit. So all those things combined, you know, will help increase demand with the consumers, which will help kind of maintain a fair margin for the grower if we kind of do that. You know, in addition to that, we've talked about pack styles already, but with the increasing demand on bigger pack styles and, and funding some of these research initiatives with some of these retailers, I think it's huge. I mean, the thing you guys did with Kroger is just one retail example, but there's many other retailers out there in North America where there's still opportunity that they may not be seizing. So that's another reason that uh, we'll be able to increase funding for those type of projects that will help, you know, return more money back to the farm. You know, you're representing a constituency of an importer or a marketer. So this is going to be voluntary and you settled on $18 a ton, basically a doubling of what the import assessment is. What gives you the confidence that this is something that, you know, everyone that now is going to learn about where they can help support the industry is going to want to contribute? Well, I, I hate to say it'd be peer pressure. And I think the uh, the term rising tide raises all boats gets overused. But um, this is kind of the situation we're in. I think if you're a a significant player in the blueberry industry and you believe in the future of the industry and you want to do the right thing for the industry of giving back to the industry, you would definitely want to participate in this as a company, especially if you're importing blueberries in, into the U.S. I think it's the right thing to do for the industry. I think we're all friendly competitors. There's a big enough market share for everybody out there. I think um, you know doing the right thing together as an industry will help kind of continue to, to raise all boats, so to speak. You know, we have a lot of the major importers. Like I said, Cal Giant, you know, we're a top player in the berry industry, probably not as significant on the blueberry side of things as maybe some others. But a lot of the large major importers, the probably the top 10 importers of blueberries in North America, some have already committed and a majority are on their way to committing. What is it that gives confidence that these dollars are going to be used in the most effective and efficient manner for the growth of the industry? Well, I, I think. The USHBC has laid the groundwork already. If you look at how they've positioned blueberries as a superfood, the health benefits and all that, even pre-pandemic, right? So now we just need to continue to build upon it. Like it's just a combination of things. You got the health benefits. We just talked about upsizing and pack styles and, you know, increasing promotions. I know we recently did Ibotta campaign as an industry. You know, CalGiant is really familiar with Ibotta. We use it in some of our marketing strategies as well. And and so all these combination of things will help continue to drive demand. But that takes money too. That takes some additional funds. And so that's where the, the money is going to be driven towards is these, these tools that will help us continue to drive demand. So we're going to take a quick break here for our marketing boost. We'll be right back to this conversation with Joe in a moment. But for now, here is USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. 
I recently had the privilege of presenting a program on digital marketing at the International Blueberry Organization's 2021 Summit. A question came up about omnichannel. What is it? Omnichannel marketing is an approach that provides customers with a seamless shopping experience, whether online or in-store, and oftentimes it's a combination of both. It includes weaving channels together and sharing data between them, enabling customers to conduct business with companies however they want and whenever they want. A seamless omni-channel experience means extending communications and marketing across mobile apps, websites, social media, and stores. It's knowing the consumer's previous actions and preferences and delivering products and content that they want. In short, through omni-channel marketing, we can meet customers where they are. USHBC is currently working with the Promotions Committee to develop our plans for 2022 to promote blueberries to our various audiences, consumers, health professionals, retailers, and food service operators. Our plans include innovative content generation, search engine optimization, digital advertising, media relations, social media, influencer partnerships, experiential marketing, online and in-store retail activations, and more all designed to capture attention, generate engagement, and drive demand for America's favorite berry. Are you registered to join us for Innovate 2021? You can hear all about our 2022 promotion plans and much more. Just go to ushbc.blueberry.org events to learn more. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now back to today's episode with Joe Barcy. It's exciting to be working with leaders like yourself. I think for me being a part of the conversations that we've had as an industry and as a task force that, you know, the ability to have more gives more opportunities and, you know, looking at what the strategic plan for USHBC's outline really is what I think you're describing is that foundation that we launch off of in order to, you know, drive that next blue wave. I just got to thank you and certainly the members of this task force for the work you guys dug into over the summer. And it was in the middle of the domestic season while you guys were meeting, you know, having these dialogues as leadership and really trying to figure out, you know, how do you do this? I just wanted to just acknowledge that it's people like yourself that got into a virtual room and really hammered out what I think is an exciting path forward that doesn't always come to fruition. So credit to you and the task force for the work you're doing. Thanks, Casey. It's been a fun process, right? I mean, like I said, we're all friendly competitors. I think that, you know, the blueberry industry, I've been doing this for 28 years. And I think there's certain stages in your career where you're like, okay, what's the right thing to do for the industry? And, you know, I think the culture at Cal Giant of terms of giving back to the community. And I think, you know, as leaders of these large berry companies that we want to do the right thing for the industry, So kind of we leave it better than it was before. And I think that's kind of what this is all about. And uh, everybody's optimistic about the industry. We want to just continue to see the growth of the industry and, you know, have the industry continue to thrive going forward for future generations. And I think this is just one way to be able to do that. There's so much opportunity. Like I said, there's, there's so much white space out there to help grow this category and business is changing so much and listen to some of your podcasts on innovation and what's happening out there. But just from a digital standpoint and consumer shopping online, and then you know, we talked about the digital coupons and Instacart and all these different things that will continue to take blueberries to the next level if we do it right and market things right and position the category correctly. So 
the ship has left the port, so to speak, and it's going in the right direction. And I think everybody needs to be involved to, to continue to help grow this category. Again, I really appreciate, you know, obviously I've gotten to know you through this process and I just have always appreciated the conversations you and I've had about the future forward here and your optimism. So, you know, it's inspiring and uh, I'm excited to work with you and everyone else on this. And so thank you for being a part of the podcast today, jumping on the business of blueberries and look forward to working with you on this effort ahead. Yeah, I appreciate you, Casey, as well. I mean, I... I've really gotten to know you. I appreciate your leadership with the USHBC. And I think, you know, companies, you know, that listen to this Blueberry podcast and see your leadership style and how you've brought the industry together, I think it just speaks volumes in terms of wanting to invest in something like that. So so we believe in you and we believe in the USHBC. I know I do personally. I think a lot of other industry leaders do. And so we're optimistic and really excited about the future of the industry. And we appreciate your leadership. Well, I always appreciate the opportunity to have these kinds of conversations with some of our industry leaders and today here with Joe. Some of my key takeaways that I hope really shine through this conversation are, you know, the fact that there needed to be a place for everyone to go to have this conversation, this dialogue, this kind of after action review, uh, so to speak. And NABC was not only the right organization, arguably the only place to take these concepts and move them into action. And that effectively addresses some of these thorny issues that were raised in the 201. So I think it really offered a a path to concrete solutions that are going to help drive our industry forward. Uh, The United Blueberry Task Force, you know, certainly represents input from a wide range of these industry leaders. I think, you know, Joe talked through the people who had come around representing the states and the countries and certainly the companies that were all involved with these conversations and then voluntarily increasing to fund the demand of these demand driving activities by the USHBC. So I think that was really uh, an important point. And then, you know, I think if you look at the ways in which these resources can infuse these opportunities that we're still needing to get to as an organization. So as well as the USHBC has done in promoting the category, you can see here kind of the coalescing around what more can be done with more. And so building a more promotions and marketing to drive that increasing demand across the channels, whether it's grocery, retail, food service, you know, food ingredient, export, it all matters in the future ahead in driving the opportunities for blueberries. And certainly, I think data comes up. I, I know we talked a little bit about that with Joe, but there is a lot there that I think this task force discussed about the value from growers to marketers to retailers on access to good information to make better business decisions going forward. So we're already doing this, but I think these resources provide even more opportunity to give our industry more information. That's it for episode 65. If you'd like to learn more or get involved with the United Blueberry Task Force, you can find more information about this at nabcblues.org forward slash united. We'll also put a link for that in our show notes. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.